Welcome to Journey in the Word with Pastor Randy Mosher of Calvary Chapel of the Cumberland Valley. We are located in Hagerstown, Maryland. Please join us every weekday as our pastor takes us verse by verse through a book of the Bible. Today, we're picking up in chapter 8 of the Gospel of Luke, discussing the importance of having ears to hear God's Word and the decrease in the modern attention span. So if you're able, grab your Bibles and join us as we continue our Journey in the Word. And he'll just sit there and go, and look at it, and not bite. They might swim over to see what's going on, but they won't bite on it. And no, it doesn't matter how close you get that bait, no matter how appetizing, you can put the most succulent you know, worm on that hook or corn or whatever else you're using, you know, salmon eggs, the big bright ones. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Sometimes the fish don't bite, and that's what people can be like. People can be like that too, regardless of how close you cast the bait to them and sharing truth with them, or no matter how appealing that bait might seem, like trout, some people simply are not hungry enough or interested enough to bite. Some lack of appetite is a result of all the sinful stuff that they've already filled themselves with, right? They got no room for anything else. All the things that they're feeding on has given them a, a, a sense of fullness and deadened their appetite for the spiritually healthy things that they really need to feed on. You know, Paul talks about that in Romans 1. Romans 1, beginning in verse 18, Paul says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, in a sense, all of creation is bait, All of creation is bait. You know, when Paul says it reveals God, it doesn't mean it reveals everything about God. It doesn't mean it reveals the, the path of salvation that God has laid out there. But, but it's bait to let you know that God exists, that he's very real. You know, I remember when we were out, and you can't see that here. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys tried to go out and see the alignment of the planets so you could see the... The, the, what it would look like the star, right? The star, it wasn't the star of Bethlehem, okay? But to look like that, and, and we had a hard time seeing it. I mean, it, it, even on a clear night, it just, you couldn't see it real well because there's so much light here and everything else that just kind of illuminates the sky and makes it hard. But I remember when we went out to Yellowstone, and if you've ever been out to that part of the country where there is just is no lights, there's nothing but wilderness and darkness, and you looked up into the sky, man, you could look like you were, it was like the, the Milky Way was on 3D. And as you looked into the sky and I saw that, I think it was, I mean, it's not that I haven't looked at creation and seen God's hand in it all before, but as I stood there, I was just dumbstruck. There's no way this happened by chance. Look at the creation of this. Look at all of it, you know? And and that's how it is. It's bait. It's designed to be bait for human beings to look at, to see, and to, to get a sense that there's something more here. But but then Paul goes on in verse 22 of Romans 1. He says, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among 
among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled, being filled, filling themselves up, right? being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow, that's a long passage, but you get the sense here. What he's saying is here is all the the, the bait is in front of us all the time, but there's no interest. Why not? Because men and women are full on other stuff. They're full on the things that they're trading God for in their own lives and filling their lives with. With this crowd, they're simply too full to bite, full on all of this other stuff, you see, instead of what God is offering to them. Now, with others, the lack of appetite is simply the result of dulled senses. Dulled senses caused by their own sinfully self-determined views of spirituality in many cases, right? Jesus spoke specifically to that group of people in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15, and he's again going to allude to this same group here in verse 10, but he says in, in Matthew 13, 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Listen, folks, it is a reality that there are simply people in this world who, through their own self-developed views of spirituality, have dulled their own senses, dulled their own appetites, quenched their own hunger for real spiritual truth. You can cast appetizing bait, appetizing bait alongside of them all day long, but like the trout, that's all they're going to do, you know? Look at it, stare at it. They might look at it, they might even examine it, but they simply will not bite. I've met people like this. You have too. But boy, I'll tell you, the time it was most pronounced was when we used to be in Greencastle on the main street. We did a lot there on the main street, but at Christmas time, you know, when they do the Heritage Christmas, uh, we, we would go downtown. And what we would do is the one year we were distributing Bibles and, and asking people how we could pray for them, right? And that seems simple enough. Didn't know what reaction we'd get, but it seems simple enough. And we just prayed that, you know, if the Lord wanted, given us an opportunity, we get to share the gospel with somebody. It was amazing to me how many people were so full of their own spirituality to the point where they look and say, you know, I got tons of Bibles on my shelf. I don't need one. Okay. Now I don't need anybody to pray for me. Really? Yeah, God knows my needs. I, I talk to him all the time. Okay. No problem. You know, but I'm thinking to myself, full, 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 full to the people who used to tell me that I got, I have lots of Bibles. My response to them was, oh, do you read them? You know, and they didn't, they didn't like that. That was not, that was, that was seen as a caustic response. I had to watch that. But, but again, just so many people just so full 
of their own ideas, so full of their own spirituality, and, and that they're not going to bite. And so Jesus used the parables as bait to see who would be hungry enough to, to, and interested enough to, to take the bait and bite. Now, secondly, he used parables to teach deeper spiritual truth to those who did reveal some level of appetite and who did latch on to the bait. And, and we're going to see him do that here in this passage with, with a number of folks who are going to raise a question that will give him the opportunity to do it, that will show that they've bitten into the bait, that they've bought into it and, and want to know more. Well, look on. He says in verse 5, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So now Jesus gives this parable, and I'm going to take this in reverse, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to begin talking about what he finished with as he shared this, where he says here, those who have ears to hear, let him hear. I, I, although he says it at the end, I think it's important for us to understand as we look at this, what he's saying. You know, Jesus used this statement a lot as he shared with people, and it's rich with meaning. You know, in an overall sense, he's saying, listen up, Pay, 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 pay close attention here. St- stop, stop and think about what it is that I'm saying to you. Stop and think. And yet he's implying a whole lot more than just hearing with the ears. He's, he's calling on his listeners to hear with spiritual desire. To hear with spiritual desire and with spiritual sensitivity to what it is that he's communicating to them. You know, the closest I can come to this is my wife looking at me sometimes. And when I'm, she's telling me something going, uh, 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 and she'll go, no, 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 stop. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You know, guys, you ever had your wife say that to you? See some Snickers going on, right? Yeah. What she's saying to me is you're hearing my words, but, but you're not hearing my intent. You're not hearing what it is that I'm really communicating to you, and I want you to hear that. That's the closest we can think about when Jesus is saying this, except he's even taking it deeper. He's talking about the heart. Listen with your heart to what I'm saying. You know, years ago, I listened to uh, John Corson. You may know him. He's a Calvary pastor of old out in Oregon. But John Corson, I listened to a teaching he expounded on this passage. And in his discussion, he cited a quote from a study produced by the Rand Corporation. I, I was familiar with the Rand Corporation. It kind of caught my ear because Rand did a lot of their think tank. And they do a lot of studies for corporations, but they do a lot of studies for the government. And so we had them do a lot of studies for the military when I worked in the Pentagon. But he noted that Rand concluded a major study of corporate America that over $10 billion per day. Now, now, please understand, this is when I heard this teaching that he gave on this and making this reference, this was back in the early 2000s. So this number may have grown by now. But he said at the time it was $10 billion per day are lost by major corporate America in, in major companies in America because people simply fail to listen. They fail to listen. And as a result of their failure to listen, there's redundancy, 
There's inefficiency. There's unnecessary waste. There's accidents. There's lost materials, all kinds of stuff, all of which adds up to significant financial loss. Yet all of it caused by people simply failing to actively listen to what it is that they're being told. But, but it doesn't take a RAND study to reveal this weakness with people, right? I mean, think about it. The the, the truth is, listening is not a strong point, especially for most Americans. It's not a strong point anymore. And, and, and I'd argue it's getting worse. You know, you know, through the influence of the media, especially social media, right? Those little devices we have, most of us have been conditioned to shift our focus and attention rapidly. We're constantly shifting our attention and our focus, you see. And, and, and what we're doing is we're processing anymore only short sound bites and we're becoming only capable of tuning into multi-second bursts of information. And for most people, sadly, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, that's me. It's terrible. I'm really having to fight that in my life, you know? And, 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 and settling in though for most of us is getting harder and, and listening to and processing any information being communicated to us that requires prolonged attention or any complexity of thought is getting harder and harder and harder for us to do. And as a result, we're losing our ability to think and to reason beyond a superficial level. You know, I was, confronted that reality early on in ministry when someone in the fellowship had come to me this is probably in year one or so and had come to me and said to me you know i i really enjoy coming here i really enjoy the messages but they're just way too long for me to be able to process the information well in all fairness to this person at that time you guys think i go long now i was going like an sometimes 90 minutes you know or longer and not thinking anything of it. And the Lord had to show me through this that you, some of the stuff you've studied was for you and some of it was for them. Don't give them what was for you. You take that for you. And when I did that, it began to cut back. But w- when I asked that person what that person thought I should cut the teaching down to, that person told me, well, 15 to 20 minutes at most, because most of us can only handle that much. Wow. Wow. And in all fairness, I looked and said, I I can't do that. You know, there may be something in this that I need to pay attention to, but I can't do that. How do I adequately do justice to a passage of Scripture, you know, in 15 or 20 minutes? How do we do that? Now, think about this and and how far we've come from the days like that of Nehemiah. You know, I think of Nehemiah and Ezra. You remember where they found the book of the law? Nehemiah 8 talks about it. Oh, I love this passage. But Nehemiah 8 verse 1 says, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. If you know the chapter they built, they built the, the, the account, they built a platform to get them on there. But think about this for a minute. He read from the book of the law and gave a sense of meaning to it. It tells us elsewhere. In other words, he was expositing on what the law was saying to the people, but he did this from morning until midday. 
Now, most of you guys think morning till midday is like we start at 9, we should be done by 10.15 at the latest, right? That's midday for most people in churches today. This was basically an eight-hour period of time that he did this. And the amazing thing is over that long, prolonged period of time, all the ears of all the people were attentive. In fact, we're told later what came of it was repentance and revival, and people were so moved that they were weeping, and he had to say, no, don't weep, rejoice, rejoice. Folks, in past history, even in American history, people could focus for hours at a time. But but now we've been so conditioned, we've been so dumbed down that most of us are only able to focus for short periods of time and in many cases just for seconds at a time. And, and sadly, this conditioning is spilling over into our spiritual lives as God's people and, 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 and people now expect the message of the church to accommodate that level of conditioning if we expect them to hear what they're saying. But should we accommodate that? That's the real question. Should we accommodate that? Now, should the church be adapting its communication to fit the conditioned state of people in this day and age in which we live? I mean, I certainly get the fact that we need to present spiritual truth in a way that people can understand it. I'm not talking about that. And I also understand that there is only so much that the mind can endure. You know, Winston Churchill once wisely said, the head cannot take in more than the seat can endure. And the reality is that the seat can only endure so much. And we pastors have a tendency to see where that limit is at times, a lot of times. I mean, one of the greatest teachers of all time, the Apostle Paul, there's an account in the book of Acts where he's teaching in a second story building and he's got a following that's there. And he's teaching and droning on, it tells us, for a very long time, it says. Which gives the sense that Paul was really into his message, wasn't really paying attention to what was going on with the group. And there's this dude by the name of Eutychus who's sitting on the window ledge. And it says that the room was very warm and he was very sleepy. And the dude in the middle of Paul's teaching fell out the second story window to his death. Whoops. <laughs> so sorry. You know, a little too long. You know, but but... You know, as we think about that, it also does not mean that the church should yield to the dumbed-down standard that people are being conditioned to in our society. I mean, let's be honest. The truth is the world is going to keep on dumbing people down to the point that they don't hear anymore. And if we keep accommodating that, then pretty soon our message of truth will be totally shallow, totally meaningless, because we'll be reducing it to the point that there's no room left to communicate anything of real value and substance in those messages. In fact, I'd argue that's happening in a large part of Christianity today. It's why people walk into churches, and despite the fact they've been dumbed down to short messages and can't handle much, they'll still walk out and say, well, I really didn't get anything out of that. You know, I just am hungry all the time when I leave my church. Because we've accommodated that. But, but I would say this, instead of a, lowering the bar to meet people where they are, maybe, maybe what we need to do is to stretch people so that they'll learn to listen longer, especially when it comes to the communication of spiritual truth. 
You know, I remember reading the stories of, of, of Calvary Chapel in the early days and Pastor Chuck and the hippies. And when they started coming into the, the church, they kept, you know, they had to keep expanding. They had to keep getting new property because they were coming in so fast in Christ and he was just teaching them. And remember at one point they had the tent and then they were in the building that they're now in in Costa Mesa, but the, the, the hippies were packed onto the carpets and on the chairs. There was just no room. And, and, and Chuck would teach for 90 minutes or longer. He'd cover 10 chapters some nights. He would go on and on and on. And, and what, what they said the amazing thing was when he would finish, you'd think everybody get up and run for the doors. The hippies would just sit there. They would just sit there in silence and, and even press them to give them more. Wow. You see, I honestly believe that as we listen to and tune our hearts to hearing spiritual truth, wanting to receive it, and, 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 and yielding to it as we hear it, that God's Spirit begins moving in a way where, where our hunger begins to grow. And as our hunger grows, so too our desire will grow proportionally for hearing more truth. Folks, just as Jesus is saying to these people, he's saying to all of us, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Those who have ears to hear, let him hear. Let him or her hunger for my words in such a way that he or she hears and grasps and desires all that I'm offering, Jesus is saying. So here's my question. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you hearing? Are, 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 you, are you responding in your heart? Are you responding? to what it is that God's saying, or has your spiritual sensitivity been so dulled and so dumbed down by this world that you just can't hear what's being said anymore? Those who have ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus now, with the words on the end of that, was sealing that parable that he was giving to them. A parable because your seat can only endure so much, and I'm actually going to end here because if I don't, we will go for 90 minutes or longer today. So I'm going to break at this point. We'll come back and we'll dissect that parable and draw the spiritual truth that Jesus was given to us. But, but I hope that this prelude to that is helpful to you because I think it's important. Now look, please understand, it is not my desire to drone on. There comes a point in a message, and I do pass that line many times, and I know that. You know, sadly, most of the time, and I think most pastors would say it, we don't realize it until we've already crossed it. But, you know, I, I've had times where I've driven home with my wife and said, you know, I was still talking, but the Holy Spirit had packed up his briefcase and left the room. You know, he was finished. I wasn't, but he was done. And, and, and finding that line, please, I, I thank you for your grace. You know, it's 20 years into this. I'd love to tell you it's easy to know and easy to find, but it's not. And sometimes there's just, you're so amazed by the things you've studied and you've seen, and you just want to tell you guys, I want to tell you everything, you know, and to realize that it can't be about everything all the time, you know, and, 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 and to find that line where it's at. So I thank you for your grace in that. And, and I will do my, and I, and I do determine to try to do my best not to drone on, but at the same time, you know, I will always, and you need to know that here, I will always make sure we do justice 
to what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you from his word. I'm not going to dumb down just to meet a societal standard. I'm not going to do that. I would challenge you to get out of that. If you are like me, you know, one of the things I have to do and I do it for my own growth. I do it for just, just for the sake of learning to sit and listen. But you know, I find when I go to a pastor's conference, it takes me, or if I'm at another church on vacation, it takes me 20 minutes to settle in, to hear what he's saying. That's not good. It shouldn't be that way. Some of that's because I'm used to being a pastor and standing at the pulpit and teaching. Some of it's simply because of that stupid device that I'm used to bouncing around on all the time. Look, some of that's a natural part of our lives. Some of you guys can lay that device down. You don't need it in your lives. Some of us have to have it. It's a part of what we do, right? But at the same time, there are things that I'm doing to counter that. I like to listen to other people teach. I sit during the week. I listen to other pastors teach. Not even the passage that I'm teaching. I just like to listen to others teach so that I see, you know, and learn to sit still for an hour and to be able to do that. I read. One of the reasons I read and I find it, this is a connection too. The more dumbed down we get with this kind of soundbite thing, the harder it becomes for us to read. Now, I was never a good reader as a kid to begin with, and I understand that. So it's always an uphill battle, but it's gotten worse with everything else. And now I'm forcing myself to read. I might not read for five hours a day, but generally before I go to bed at night, I mean, get up in the morning and I read my Bible, do my quiet time. Before I go to bed at night, I pick up a good book that I want to read. Some of it's spiritual, some of it's not. Some of it's just history. I love to read history, you know, but I spend time reading to discipline my mind to be able to take in the things that are coming. But I will tell you this, the more you yield your heart to spiritual truth, the more your ears are going to become attentive, the more your heart's going to open up, the longer your endurance is going to be, and God's going to reward that richly in your life. That doesn't mean you won't drift during a message or during a Bible study reading, you know, on your own. Sure, we all are going to have that happen, but we can quickly refocus back to it and watch how God honors that. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Journey in the Word, a verse-by-verse teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Cumberland Valley. If you would like to listen to more teachings or find out more information about us, go to www.journeyintheword.org. That's www.journeyintheword.org. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll tune in for our next episode as we continue our Journey in the Word.